Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on an inauguration Wednesday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Well, as you heard in the update show, a tough one again for the Penn State men's basketball team last night losing at Illinois to continue that road trip out of the Midwest. And we'll get to that in a second, but I want to start with the Purdue game on Sunday, going back to that. Because late yesterday and into today, Jim Ferry was fined $10,000 by the Big Ten for his comments post-game on the, offici- on the, on the officiating. But, what, but my question is, what did he say that warrants a fine? I know you have to be careful when it comes to the officials. I get that, but it's coaches say this all the time about the officials that oh they're inconsistent or 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 something in that nature. And he got fined for that. Just say that they're inconsistent. Hey, come on. Can we like lighten up a little bit? Can like the officials take some criticism here and there? That's just soft, in my opinion, on the Big Ten. I'm sorry, and I know, and I know, we said something to the effect of that there was some. I forget the exact what the exact word was, but he thought there was some sensitivity of the officiating or whatever. I guess when he was arguing some calls here and there, and that's why he got teed up late in the game. I mean, I guess maybe that, but. I mean, really, he didn't curse at him. He didn't curse about the officiating. It's not like he said anything, you know. I I, I don't know. I I think that was just a little over the top for Jim Ferry to be fined that amount of money for just saying the officiating was inconsistent and maybe they were a little sensitive and why he got teed up. I think there's a, there's a time where coaches are warranted to being punished for criticizing the officiating and going over the top. I get that. You want to keep policing that. But to f- to find somebody by saying a common thing all the time about officiating where it's inconsistent. <sighs> Come on. You're just you're just trying to pick somebody's pocket if you ask me. I don't know. I, I just kind of 
I kind of took that the wrong way a little bit. I don't know how Steve might feel about that, but I, I thought that was totally unnecessary to find Jim Ferry. If you want to tee him up, fine. But don't find him. Come on now. That was my only beef with that from the Purdue game. And as for last night, I mean, we knew Illinois was going to be the better team. Sure, they've had some struggles. They had lost two in a row, as we talked yesterday with Scott Ritchie from out there. But as and even as you heard from Jim Ferry himself with Steve and Dick Girardi last night, there were just so many matchup issues for Penn State. But it's still hard for me to say, at least, and I think Steve would tell you the same thing, too, that we don't know what the identity of this team is. We don't even know how good this team can be because of just, again, with this unprecedented year. They've only played eight, nine games with a week off in between, and you're still trying to find some things. You had a coaching change late. So it's... Do, do I do I think this team is going to be a great team? I'm going to say no for right now, but could they still be a good team? Yeah. There's, there's talent on this Penn State team. They just need to find some more consistency, especially shooting. I think what they start the first half, 29% shooting last night. But I think that was to be expected because of the week off, and especially now that you're on the road for these couple of days here you're going to have some tired legs, and I think that's kind of what you saw maybe a little bit early on. What, Penn State last night? With what? Penn State, yeah. Look, I got exactly, Dick and I got exactly what we expected. Uh, I was just saying, it's still, hard, it's still hard to know how good this team is because of just the wacky schedule well, it's been so far. Yeah, we don't know because is it the team that beat Virginia Tech? Right or is it the team that lost last night? It's probably a little bit of both, but this is why Dick and I expected this. And we, Dick and I, in the parking lot after the game on Sunday, discussed this exact scenario. Now you have to remember, we've done this for a long time, and when you've done this for a long time, you see certain things, and one of them is this. When you're looking at an individual athlete, uh, an individual athlete that is coming off an injury and is out a period of time, many times we have seen. So let's 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 reduce this commentary to the to the singular, than to relate it to the whole. Okay, I think it's always easier to to do that so people know exactly what you're talking about and why. We often see that athlete come back, and in the first game, ooh, you know, because they've been out, they've had to do some rehab, right? You know, and people are wondering about rust and so forth, but they come out and they got juice, they got energy, they're set to go. The adrenaline is flowing. And then I would say nine, nine and a half times out of ten, the second game the athlete is back. Uh, a little stiffer because, again, practice shape is different than game shape, and it gets to them in the second game. And Dick and I have seen that, and same thing with Jack Ham. The three of us, because of our long careers, have seen that with individuals over and over and over again. 
The reason why Dick and I anticipated this is that we thought the entire team would be in that boat. Now, they're not hurt, they're not injured, but they were out. And when you're, when you're out on the COVID list, I mean, you're not allowed to do anything. You're not allowed to do anything. That's the issue, Matt. And so you sit there and, okay, so the first game back, they had some juice. They played with energy. They were rusty. They didn't hit some shots early. That's why they fell behind. But because they had juice, energy, and adrenaline, they were able to get themselves back in the game within four at the end on the road. Okay? Started hitting some shots and so forth. All right. So you can do that. But... It was a the collective second game back where everybody had to go through it. John Hara had no legs last night. He played his guts out against Purdue. Diving to the floor, good job on Williams, good job on Edie, had ton of offensive rebounds, 14 points, 14 boards, the whole thing. Right? And Johnny played his heart out last night. He played his heart out. Guts, he got hit in the nose one time. You know, and inadvertently by Kofi Coburn, by the way. That was inadvertent. Okay? But he still got hit. Right? And just kept coming back, kept coming back, kept coming back. Okay. But the mind is saying you can do this, but the body can't quite execute it. You just don't have the juice of the jump. Sam Sessoms, no juice jump. Short on every jump shot. The legs were shot. Because they're they're finally playing after being out for a period of time, they're playing you now. They're finally playing a couple of games, and you're on the road. And so we weren't we weren't surprised by what we saw last night because we've seen that over and over again with individuals, where somebody comes back, they're in the lineup. Okay, here we go. That's great. And then the second game happens, and we see it over and over again. It, almost every athlete that we've covered over the years where they've got the adrenaline in the first game after a layoff, but they have nothing left in the tank for the second game. Then, okay, then the body then gets back into understanding how to recover, and usually the third game they're okay. That's why we actually got what we thought, okay, last night. And, and it, this is not one of those like, oh, well, this is what we saw. No, 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 no. Dick and I actually, we both kind of kicked ourselves for not talking. And we talked a little bit about it in the postgame Sunday. We talked a lot about it uh, after the broadcast in the parking lot saying that, you know, the matchup wasn't great to begin with, but that they might not have any legs to play that particular game last night. That's that, it's, That's, you know... That's because we've been around it and so close to it for a long time. We're around practices. We're around, you know, you just, when you're around teams all the time, and that's what your job is, that's what you do, you end up drawing those kind of observations, thinking that it, that something like this was a possibility because what we've seen with individuals. That makes sense to you? Per total sense, and that that's why I wasn't necessarily surprised by what we saw last night. No. Now, Thursday night, I expect something different. You know, they'll be back. They're back home. That helps. Now, Rutgers has been off a week, but Rutgers hasn't been playing great. I mean, of late. Uh, now, Young has. And I really like Miles Johnson, by the way. Miles Johnson, he's one of the underrated 
big guys in this conference. Uh, and then they got Northwestern. Northwestern plays at Wisconsin tonight. And that's, you know, so again, that's why you were hoping not to see it, but, you know, we looked at each other at the under four during the timeout and said, this is what we thought might happen. Uh, only And only because of what we've seen with individuals over the years. COVID is different because it's collective. For example, Michigan State will come back. I don't know who Michigan State's going to come back against. But when they do, I bet they come out and they play with some energy and some jump. And I'm, you know, and I'm willing to say this, the next game back, unless there's some space in between the two, uh, might not have enough because of suddenly the body is saying, oh, because game shape is different than practice shape. And it's hard, it's, it's hard to believe that. Because you, know, you do so much running and practice and so forth, but you know it really is, uh, because the person defending you is like them. I mean, they're 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 defending you to beat you, and not give you a look. Next part, uh, the officiating at the end of the end of the half. I have a lot of things to say about that. So what I'll do is I'll take a break, and I'll come back. And and give you my thoughts on on what those three individuals did, and it was uh, there's a long list of things they did right at the end of the first half, long list. And if you're going to sit here in this seat and you're going to every once in a while, and I'm not, you know, every once in a while I'll talk about you know what about this, what about that, what about this. When they do something right, I've always praised that they've done something right because you cannot give proper commentary unless you have the ability to sit here. You have to have the ability to praise, which then opens the door for you to be critical because that way fans know that you're being fair. And these guys did a lot right in that sequence last night. I'll talk about it in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sunbury Motors Ford is bringing in 2021 with a bang. SMT has just received shipments of the all-new 2021 Ford F-150. Save up to nine grand on the totally redesigned F-150, which was just awarded North America's Truck of the Year for 2021. Sunbury Motors has 67 F-150s in stock and arriving soon. SMC is introducing the highly anticipated 2021 Ford Bronco Sport. The new Bronco's retro design reflects its iconic heritage from the 60s and 70s. Sunbury Motors has them in stock starting at just $28,200. Pick from 61 of the top selling Ford Escapes with savings up to $8,250 and slash to as low as $22,380. SMC is where you want to be in January for discounts up to $11,000 on the largest selection of new Fords in the Susquehanna Valley. And everyone is clearly marked for this massive sale. Sunbury Motors Ford in the 4th Street Auto Plaza. Proudly serving all of central Pennsylvania for over a century. Perfect sale ends Monday the 1st. All right, the officials at the end of the first half last night. Paul Zell, Chris Beaver, and Kelly Pfeiffer. I thought showed tremendous wisdom as to how they handled the end of the first half. Uh, Hera gets, you know, Hera gets knocked to the floor. Yeah, there's a foul. And 
DJ Gordon goes to help him up, but Adam Miller, another freshman like Gordon, is just standing there, and he won't move out of the way. Okay, well, that's fine. He's entitled to stand there. And whatever, I don't know, something said or whatever, and then Gordon turns around, and he and Miller are there. And then Williams jumps in, DeMonte Williams of Illinois, and to the credit of the true freshman Andre Curbelo, he takes the senior, Williams, and gets him out of the way and takes him down the tunnel. Well, now it's getting a little juicy out there, and every Penn State player ran off the bench. This is where I think they show great wisdom. If they had deemed this to have been a fight, they could have thrown every Penn State player that came off the bench, which, by the way, was all of them, out of the game. They could have. Instead, what these three individuals did, okay, Paul, Chris, and Kelly, was they took a long time to deliberate, and you know, and even I'm, I'm, these are really good educated guesses. I think, I think that three of them looked at it and said, "Okay, it's pushing and shoving; it's not a fight." So we'll get the two individuals that caused the most trouble, Williams and Gordon. We'll tee them, and since Brockington was the first guy off the Penn State bench, we'll tee him which is also his third personal foul. I thought the wisdom that they showed and how they handled it showed me a lot about them as officials and understanding the emotion of the game. Uh, and I, I can't say enough about that because, look, you know, if they threw all of those guys out, you know, if they deemed it to be a fight, because you can't come off the bench. You can't do it. The coach can. Now, Jim Ferry's entitled to come across the floor. Brad Underwood's entitled to come out. A couple of guys from the Illinois bench wandered out. Georgie Bashanishvili and a couple of other guys wandered out. Hawkins wandered out. Uh, they didn't, you know, but they didn't engage. Because it happened in front of the uh, Illinois bench. Well, doggone, Penn State had to run across the floor. To be honest with you, they would have been well within their right. And we tried to take you through all that to maybe throw them all out, except for the five they were playing at the time. I thought the wisdom that they showed, T on Gordon, T on Williams, and since they deemed through the replay that Brockington was the first guy to leave the bench, they gave him a T and they threw nobody out. That's darn good officiating right there. Because they would have been it would they would have been if they had deemed it a fight fight, they they were would have been well within their rights to look at the other guy and say, I'm sorry, but the rules say you're out. You can't leave the bench. And they didn't do that. that you know. I admired how they handled it. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Hyundai just had a record year. Great pre-owned inventory. Great selection of it, wide-ranging, with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. A sales staff that will work with you and your budget. 
service department that gets it done from the difficult to the routine. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Hey, I always think it's important, and I've done the, tried to be consistent with this over the years. Now, officiating is always something that's very touchy with fans. They always think that their team is the one that's getting the tough shake all the time. And every once in a while, you sit back and say, boy, I don't understand why. You know, And, and Dick and I talked about this. Why is the opponent averaging 12 more free throw attempts per game than Penn State? Now, every once in a while, a game like Purdue comes up and you're fouling down the stretch and that happens. But you look at something like that and you go, why? I don't get it. But you need, to, you need to talk about when you're making commentary on such items using facts. So, for example, you ask the question, why does the opponent average 12 more free throw attempts per game than Penn State? And now you sit back, and now that's a basis to start talking about it by using a fact. That's not made up. It's a fact. But if you have the ability to also look at the officials, and if you really do listen to our broadcast, how many times in a game where something will happen and Dick and I will say, no, that was the right call. Even when, the, even when there were fans in the stands, they'd be upset, booing, or something like that. And you'd say, no, nope, they got it right. Often. You want to know why you do that? Because, A, it's right, it's correct, and it's fair. But also, there's another part to it, too. Then when you do see something that's not right and you comment on it, you've already shown that you are balanced enough in your commentary that when they do things right, you're the first person to say they did it right. That way, it it lends more legitimacy Instead of always being the person that that's always wrong, always wrong, always wrong, always. I think you lose your credibility if you don't have the ability to balance it. And what those three guys did last night at the end of the first half, I would hope that they show that at an officiating clinic as to how to officiate something with some wisdom. They did. Just look, under the letter, they... The door, if they had thrown every Penn State player out of the game for leaving the bench, to be honest with you, I would not be sitting here today at all complaining about them doing it because all every one of them left the bench. They all did. And we talked about what the possibilities were because, look, I mean, this whole thing took at least, what, 10, 12 minutes to sort out. Thus, we talked about all the scenarios. I believe what they did is that as three individuals, they looked at each other and said, okay, technically was that a fight? No. A little pushing, a little jawing, maybe a shove, whatever. But that wasn't a fight. And because it wasn't a fight, then you can have more discretion as to how you meet out, quote, the justice of the moment, which I give them a lot of credit. I think they handled it really well. Smart. Those are three guys I like anyway. doesn't mean they're going to be perfect. I mean, Kelly made 
that call in the Maryland game with Dickinson, and you know that was not right. You know, and, and Kelly's, a, and you know what? And Kelly that night that in that Maryland game where he got hauled down, and they called the foul on him, and he's the guy that got hauled down. Kelly was actually having a really good game that night, in my opinion. He just missed. He just he made an assumption, and he missed it. Okay. You know, you know, we talked about it the next day, but I also mentioned in my commentary the day after on this show that we thought to that point, Dick and I both, like Kelly was having a good night. Because Kelly's a good official. Yeah, is he great, awesome, incredible, final four? No, but he's good. And Paul has always been a good official. Always. Yeah, I know Paul teed up Pat in the in the uh, Big Ten semifinal against Purdue, which was probably the wrong thing to do at that point because of where the game was and how important the game was. Maybe a little discretion was shown there. But Paul's a good official. And Paul's the kind of guy, and Kelly's the same way. Um, I don't have as much, have not had as much interaction with Chris Beaver. But in a timeout, if I yell, if I yell over, if we're on the floor, hey, Paul. I said, just, just checking. We want to make sure it's right. What was the call there? Oh, okay, Steve. We did that. He'll talk to you. Same thing with Kelly. He'll talk to you. Because as long as you preface it by saying, hey, we just want to get it right, what was the call? They're more than happy to tell you because, you know, that's telling them that, hey, look, we just want to get it right, which means I have your back. That's all. And Paul will. And I personally, I like Paul. Same thing with Kelly. Does it mean I think every call they make, oh, I'm 100% behind them? No. But, boy, when they do something right, which those three guys did last night, you darn well better sit in this chair and tell people when it's right. That way, if you're not quite on board with something else, it has more credibility to it because you've shown the ability you can praise as well as dissect. Now we'll put it to the test. What did Doug Peterson do right? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, Everything right, in 2017 so. through 2018. Okay. I think he did a lot right last year. And also in the last four games of 2019. <laughs> oh, boy. 2020? No. Yeah, no. No. You're not a fan, huh? Not a little. Philip Rivers uh, retired today. He is a perfect example of what we have talked about here on the show many times. What I'm about to say, I'll preface by saying, is not ESPN's fault. Not in the least. Sports Center is a highlight-based show. We've talked about the highlights before where it's, they show so many of them, it, it, it almost acts like it's commonplace. And and it shouldn't be looked at as commonplace. Spectacular is spectacular. But there's so many spectaculars these days that it's you wonder at times, does it like blur the senses because there are so many of them? It's the same thing with winning and losing. They make winning look so easy. And winning is so hard to do. And Philip Rivers is a perfect example of that. Tremendous talent, 421 
touchdown passes in his career. I, you know, is it fair to say maybe he never had that signature game where he brought his team back at the most important game of the year to win? I mean, yeah, that that's fair. Uh, especially when you're playing most of your career in San Diego. We don't get to see a lot of San Diego games. But the guy had a terrific career, and he never got to the Super Bowl. That's why I always get uneasy when I see the simplistic commentary of, you know, Drew Brees only won one Super Bowl. Really? Hmm. And Dan Marino and Philip Rivers won how many? How many they win? A lot of records. And by the way, they're great quarterbacks. It just turned out winning is hard. I've said this a million times. I've always used this example. One of the greatest race car drivers in the history of man. He's won Formula One. He's won the Daytona 500. Right? Mario Andretti. He won the Indianapolis 500 once. He only won it once. We want to know why he only won it one time? It's hard to do. Ted Williams never won, was never part of a World Series winning team. The only one he got to, he had 200. Gail Sears never played in a playoff game. Dick Buckus never played in a playoff game. As examples, you know, I see Dan Deardorff all the time because of the Michigan broadcast. Dan Deardorff's one of the greatest offensive tackles ever in the history of the game. Never got to a Super Bowl. It's hard to win, and you have to have so many elements that fall into play to get yourself in a position to win. And I think sometimes we lose the appreciation of how hard it is to win. I was um, on a show, I was a guest on a show, this is like, I don't know, two, three years ago. And a couple of other announcers were on the show. And they were asking about the NCAA tournament and how it makes the regular season irrelevant. And I chimed in when it was finally my turn. I chimed in and said, well, I said, I'll be honest with you. I said, I know that at Duke and at North Carolina and Kentucky and Michigan State and probably Gonzaga, that they are playing the regular season with the idea, because they're all incredibly talented, they're playing for seeding. I understand that. I said, but I broadcast games for Penn State. Every single game in the regular season has tremendous relevance for the program I broadcast for, where you feel like every win you get, okay, that's going to help them. That could help them. Every loss they get, oh, boy, that's going to hurt them. That's going to hurt them. I said, so every regular season game I do has relevance because of the program I broadcast for. I said, so the regular season is not irrelevant. I said it's incredibly relevant for the vast majority of programs out there. Now, it turns out in this select year, at the moment, North Carolina, Kentucky, and Michigan State on this day, on January 20th, would not be in the NCAA tournament. 
they're all discovering how hard the coaches already knew it. You don't think John Calipari, Roy Williams, and Tom Izzo, they know how hard it is to win. They know. But do their fan bases know how hard it is to win? Do they expect it? It's just a birthright. One of the more valuable lessons Penn State fans ever had was 2012 to 2015. Where you know Penn State was stripped of scholarships unjustly and had to just keep fighting every single game. You know, and an injury would be catastrophic because the depth was down and yet kept their head above water. You know, I mean James coached the Pinstripe Bowl. He had 63 scholarship players on his roster, and he had 41 of those scholarship players available to play in the Pinstripe Bowl. Because that's what was mandated. Still won the game. But that's why you never take winning for granted, ever. Don't I mean, Phillip Rivers, great player, never got to a Super Bowl. Doesn't mean he's not a great player. He's a great player, but it shows you how hard it is to do. Drew Brees wins a Super Bowl. I didn't say only. Drew Brees was the quarterback and the MVP of a Super Bowl. It's hard to win a Super Bowl. The Dodgers, for all the riches the Dodgers have had, finally won their first championship since 1988. Why? It's hard. It's hard to do. Tampa Bay, the Lightning, were the number one seed and overwhelming pick to win the 2019 Stanley Cup and were eliminated in the first round by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Came back in 2020 and won it. But another example, man, it's hard to win. It's just hard to do. That's why I appreciate winners so much. And I appreciate appreciate winning teams so much. Now, if you're an Eagles fan, you think it's a birthright. Back with more in a moment. <laughs> and thus you end up firing everybody. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right. Uh, Oregon's resuming play after a week-long pause. Meanwhile, I'm going to give you a scenario that, uh, as fans, you need to like file away as we try to negotiate the next, uh, what, seven weeks of the regular season. Uh, Boston College uh, was supposed to play Pitt. Uh, the BC-Virginia Tech game was post- postponed, as was the Pitt-BC game. Okay. Uh but what the ACC has done is that Pitt will play Saturday, but they're going to play Wake Forest. Because Wake Forest was off, they're available, Pitt's available, we're going to do that. You're going to find that as the season goes, and there's a couple of problems here and there, not massive, but a couple of problems here and there, the conferences may become creative of, oh, okay, you were supposed to play, can't, they were supposed to play, but because of other circumstances, they can't. But you two can play each other, and you do it, which lends you know, which means more games are being played, and and 
you can have a better shot at completing a season. I mean, the reason, I mean, BC is the one that has the problem, not Virginia Tech. Uh, BC had a positive test, quarantining, contact tracing, but they had a singular positive test. They don't have 20 positive tests. They have one. So, so you may see some creative and inventive scheduling, if need be, by conferences, which is smart. I think the way the conferences, the Big Ten has handled Penn State situation, great. And by the way, wrestling's coming back this weekend. Wrestling is going to be uh, Sunday with Michigan State, and they're going to wrestle. And Cale Sanderson will be our guest on Friday. Matt did a great job of setting it up. <laughs> what? Well, thank you. Great job. I didn't even know you had his number. That's how I roll. You're amazing. And, I mean, I talked to him briefly before we started, and I just, boy, he sure is concerned about the suit. Jeez. Um, <laughs> I do want to now. I do want to give the suit actually a slice of praise. You know that? I did not know that. Actually, the suit. It, 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 Kevin's a really hard worker. He does a great job with play-by-play of Chickalemi football, basketball. He really does a terrific job. You know, uh, I can't judge the sales part, but I guess he's doing really, really well. But he also, but I'll tell you, he's really great with technology. Great with technology. I need a little more hard drive here because I mean I've had this computer now. It's all, it, it'll be ten years next month that I've had this computer. Well, as time goes, you know, you save this, you save that. You want that interview saved because you you end up using sometimes in a best of and so forth, right? So he sent me this supplemental drive. That thing works like a dream, and that was his idea. I got to give him credit. Well, there we go. Yeah. All right, so it's the 20th day of January. Yes, I a believe, very important day. <laughs> I believe contractually I don't have to say another word of praise about him for 14 more months, so it should be March 20th <laughs> of 2022. <laughs> no? You should see my contract. No, no, it's in my contract. Oh, Okay. Right. Good to know. Uh, no, it also says I can be as brief as possible. <laughs> Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kiev, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com.